Sports Show presents House of Rugby. Hello and you're all very welcome to House of Rugby. It was a busy weekend in the URC which saw Connacht beaten for the first time this season. Ulster staged a comeback to get the better of Munster in Kingspan Stadium and Leinster defeated the Dragons in Rodney Parade on Sunday afternoon. And to look back on the weekend's action, I'm joined in studio by Lindsay Pete and joined remotely by Johnny Murphy. How are we doing? Storm Debbie wreaked havoc, but we're here in some shape or form. Well, it brings no meaning to Debbie Downer, huh? She's put a downer on a Monday morning for us. I'm sure, well, I, I know Johnny was the same. The kids went in school as yours were late. So, yeah, put everyone under a bit of pressure on a Monday morning when you don't need it. <laughs> exactly. But we're here now. And I <coughs> suppose if we start by looking back on the weekend's Interpro, Ulster, they got the better of Munster. Really entertaining game and a finish 21-14 and a great comeback from Ulster and an important win for them. An important win considering their loss to Connacht last week and I think for me this season I'd like to see Ulster just put some consistency together um, and in the first couple of weeks um, Dan McFarlane has kind of mixed up his teams he's mm-hmm. mixed up his pairings he kind of did it again like a young pack that started but then the experience came off the bench and, and won them the game and they started slow like they really did mm-hmm. it wasn't until Burns like little crossfield ship into Stockdale that kind of got the motion now Nathan Doak is he had two penalties to kind of keep them within distance. But Munster started well and they, looking at their team sheet, they probably should have came away with a win and a better performance. Yeah, they'd be very frustrated um, by that performance and that result, Johnny. But what was the difference in Ulster's performance from last week, do you think? Uh, I think they were more uh, physical. Uh, certainly their scrum was dominant, being kind of quite shaky early on, you know, in the first kind of five to ten minutes. It looked like Munster were on top there, but then, you know, they cleared. They were very, very dominant. And obviously the winning try comes from, um, you know, fr- from a, a, a turnover. I think they just had a bit more, you know, you see Rob Herring and and the World Cup guys returning. They just had a bit more power than they did last week. Um, and they played some, some really good rugby, you know, kind of from 20 minutes on. Uh, they looked to spread the ball a bit more. Um, and I think all in all, there were probably just there was a really good reaction from the week before in the sports ground. But all in all, I think they were just that bit more physical than than where they were, and, and that comes with who they had available to them. But you would would have been been happy with it. I think Lindsay is right. Munster were probably just dis- they were disappoint. You know, they would probably be very disappointed with themselves um, to not close that game out mm-hmm. and. And really, in the last five minutes when they got back in and they were pushing for the draw, they never really looked like they were really put Ulster under pressure defensively. I know they got a break at Rory Scannell to put them back in the 22, but for me, Ulster looked comfortable in the last five minutes defending their line. Yeah, Munster, I suppose, they they gave away an 11-point lead and they hammered away as Johnny said for the last 10 minutes of that game but the comeback was way too late they looked rudderless really up until then yeah like I looked at their team like Jeremy Lachman, uh, Lachman was there uh, Dermot Barron um, like Craig Casey um, Crowley was there like they had an experienced team and this is on the back of Graham Roundtree really like developing his young squad last year so like a some reports so, oh, the young squad went up to Kingspan and didn't come away with the win I'd be disappointed with that Graham Roundtree was very vocal you know post-match yeah. to say that that wasn't themselves he was disappointed they discussed that in the change room and the thing about it is Johnny is right that 
Ulster used their physicality. Their maul was exceptional. Their their scrum was exceptional. Um, their physicality was certainly... They won that battle at the breakdown. Oh, 100%. And they're the key areas in any rugby match. It doesn't matter what level you're playing. Mm-hmm. That if your set piece isn't functioning and you're not looking after your breakdown, that's really going to be, you know, your Achilles heel. And I think it summed it up in the Scannell, uh, you know, breakaway. They they allowed Rob Herring to, to turn over that ball and win the game. Now, it was fitting for him on his the celebration of his most capped Ulsterman and 230th cap. However, um, to beat an Ulster team with that physicality, as Graham Routry alluded to, their, their breakdown was poor. They didn't move the ball quickly. They didn't move Ulster around the park to create those gaps. And that quick ball that they've been working on last season, that really was a difference in their game and was so successful for them last year and brought in the athleticism that they have in a lot of their players. Like Calvin Ash is there as well, Shane Daly. Like these were exceptional players who, who won them games mm-hmm. last year with these quick balls and moving the ball quickly. And we'll move on to Leinster. We see we saw them doing exceptionally well against Dragons. So I think that's what let them down. Set piece as well was, was really key. And Ulster's defence, Johnny, deserves a lot of credit. But Munster's handling was really off and they just couldn't handle Ulster's kicking game. No, and I, I think they controlled, you know, along with um, their good defensive line, um, you know, their good defensive line speed, they controlled, you know, particularly from 20 minutes on where the game was played. They controlled the air, which again is unlike Munster. Um, and all in all, you, 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 they were just, Munster were just, just off. But I think that's down to probably the reaction of what happened last week from Ulster and, you know, you have to have that physical edge going up to, to Ravenhill. It's a tough place to get a win. Um, but having had such a good start, yeah, it, just a frustrating evening evening for them. Um, and they looked, they as you said, they their accuracy was off. Um, you know, of the main guys coming back in from the World Cup, you'd probably be the most disappointed with the Munster lads compared to the other the other provinces. Um they just didn't look as slick mm-hmm. and it should be on a surface that should suit you know that that should suit Munster and how they want to try and play under Mike Prendergast mm-hmm. compared uh, to pre- uh, to previous years um yeah all in all a very disappointing a very disappointing evening but very good from from Ulster um their basic core kind of you know set piece defensive line uh, physicality at the breakdown they were putting on a number of shots and they looked very very comfortable when when Munster were, were throwing everything at them and and as you said they looked kind of unusual for this Munster team because they looked kind of very much like a one outside coming around the corner and that's not how Mike Prendergast wants to play at all um, so yeah frustrating evening for them but puts Ulster back you know back in well, it's very early to say in the hunt but but it's a good win at, at a timely the timely phase in the season when all their uh, World Cup guys are coming back in. And that was the difference and Johnny mentioned it, the impact that the bench made um, and Rob Herring, Ian Henderson and Scott Wilson is another player from last year's under-20s Grand Slam mm-hmm. making his debut who had a huge impact on the game. A huge congratulations to him. I watched his post-match interview and it was so humbling to, to basically allude to the fact that he was in the stands, you know, all his life as an Ulsterman, as a as a and as a supporter and then to actually be in a mm-hmm. an Ulster jersey coming off the bench was a dream come true and he was key to that Nick Timoney try at the end ridiculously powerful in the scrum but Ulster were like Johnny alluded to it they played in good position so they were patient when they got in there do you know and as I said they they got momentum in the mall they waited they waited they waited and Nick Timoney obviously put it down so um, Ian Henderson 
I thought coming up to the World Cup after his injury, he was plagued for a long time with injuries. And finally, you know, he's such an experienced guy. He's so physical. He's so smart. And that's the difference with the experience, whether it's running lines or just little moments where you can turn it over. Same with Rob Herring. He just waited and waited and bided his time and then get in there for a turnover at the end. So his throwing as well was exceptional. Um, but you John Cooney on the bench as well. Um, Henderson, Herring, obviously. Tom Shearer took the captaincy this week, which is nice to see. So it's nice to see a nice mix of experience mm-hmm. and the the underage academy players coming up through. Uh, Stuart Moore as well there. Um, David McCann as well. He's really making his presence felt in that back row. And there's a lot of competition now. Yeah, and competition breeds excellence. And that's the difference. You need to have a deep squad where you're injury free. And especially with the longevity of the season where international players will be coming in and out, you know, there will be injuries for them. Maybe, you know, players who are playing well will get their opportunity coming up to the Six Nations. We're now starting a new cycle with the Ireland team. So you'd hope to see like new players taking their opportunity. So, um, yeah, hopefully we won't see the last of Scott Wilson now. One area where um, Ulster struggled and Munster did as well was at line-out time. What do you put that down to, Johnny? Because this is an area, if we're looking at Munster, that they struggled with last season as well. Um, yeah, it's hard to put your 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 kind of put put everything on that. You know, to to get clear guidance. Is it a mixture of guys coming back in, but they're kind of four games into the season now? Um, yeah, they're. They they just seem to struggle a bit, and obviously you know they're down you know two line out oper- operators in John Klein and 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 RJ Snayman. So there's a younger dynamic there managing that. Um, the line out calls could be just an adjustment period to 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 those to those guys, but it is something that they need to be better. And I know having no having played with with. Um, with Graham Roundtree, you know, he'll be absolutely disgusted with their set piece, both scrum and line out time. Um, and it's a big work on for them. Most teams now need their line out to function. We saw that during the World Cup. It's watched so many teams launch off. Um, and, you know, teams getting up and competing um, and putting them under pressure because, you know, they're, they're seeing that, that it's not the the kind of weapon it was of, of previous years. So that's something that, mm-hmm. that they need to, there's so many different moving parts, but it is something that they need to, to get a hold of properly. And Graeme Rountree, you mentioned him there. His message, as you said, Lindsay, was that was not us. It wasn't good enough. And they have standards now and they will not be happy to let those standards drop from last year. No, and the thing about a line out, like obviously between club and international, like, no more than the scrum, it can sometimes be an area of, of confidence. So when, yeah, you know, Johnny makes a good point with lads coming back in, but these aren't players who haven't not played together before. Like, so Dermot Barron has played, you know, the season. Um, yes, they have a young team, but again, it's I would still consider last season being sort of the foundations and the basis of what to build on. And that's where I can see, understand Graham Roundtree's disappointment, no more than Mike Prendergast with the attack. But the set piece with, the thing with line out is just win the ball. You know, sometimes we make it so complicated. Some teams don't need movement. Just pick the area. If you're winning the ball at two, just continue to win it on two and then build your confidence in. Do you know, make the other team... It gives the team huge momentum. Huge momentum. And sometimes it can be all of the components just aren't working altogether. So mm-hmm. sometimes your line-out thrower is having, your hooker's having a bad day. The timing's off on the lift. It's the wrong call on the line-out. And sometimes it just is going absolutely terribly. So sometimes you just need to win the ball. And... 
you know, we've gone to sometimes where you just actually don't even lift a player, just throw it in at the mm-hmm. at the prop at the front just to get the ball in and keep the other team on their toes. So I think they'd be disappointed, but it's nice to have a key area to work on. It's nice to have it at the early stages of the season. I think it's something that might be just a kick up the backside for Munster to really press on. And sometimes young players and young teams, and more than all players like myself, need a reminder that you're not invincible. That one mm-hmm. just one week because you've had a really good uh, game, you have to build consistency in that and you have to always be ready and switched on. Ravenhill uh, or Kingspan is a tough place to go to but at the same time every team now is so competitive in the URC mm-hmm. that you just have to be on your game all the time um, so I think it's a good learning curve for, for young young players who will thrive off this if I'd say it's going to be a tough week of training but uh, I think we'll see a, a good reaction from them this week coming in Yeah that's it and Johnny Munster won't go into crisis mode now but it will sharpen their focus certainly and with those international players coming back in and the Stormers coming to town next weekend you would imagine that they'll come out fighting in Thoman Park Yeah it's a big couple of weeks for all the provinces now they have to reintegrate all the World Cup lads um, and then reach the heights ahead you know ahead of a couple of big inter-pros um so yeah but like you know the line out time pete is obviously a key driver in that area you know you you have your your returning you know john klein you have uh, murray coming back in you have more guys to 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 get stuck into that and and kind of develop that as they go um but yeah it's it, this is a it's a critical kind of two weeks for all provinces get everyone back up to speed on on the provincial calls making sure the energy is good. And I think that's probably something, as I said already, that the other provinces were were, were bang on, um, where they were probably probably just a slight bit off up in Ravenhill for the from a Munster from a Munster side. So um yeah, it'll be an interesting week this week in training, I'm sure. And obviously Stormers first and they think they're into, you know, the the Interpro, which everyone sees as the you know the first fixture you look at is when 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 we play in Leinster, so mm-hmm. they need to get things right over the next couple of weeks. And it's probably a good time for the Stormers to come to town now. They were beaten by Benetton last weekend. They're missing their World Cup players, of course, as well. So it's probably a good time to meet them. Yeah, I think so. And like you're looking at the team of, I suppose they're when you're looking at the team sheet for Munster, you've Eggdogbo, who I'm a huge fan of. But I suppose when you look at him, he's still such a young guy who's going to get your front football. Is he ready to take on the responsibility of, of being a line-out caller? Maybe not, but he'll build in confidence the same with Fanine Mitchley. So there are probably young guys that need just... There's so many areas, especially in a front five, so many facets of the game where you're trying to get experience. Being a line-out caller and taking on that pressure then without mm-hmm. the likes of Pio Manny just to reassure you or uh, Snyman or Jean Klein or even even Joey Carby maybe at 10 not saying that Crowley but like your 10 is giving you what options they want in the lineup, whether it's a five man full man whether they're mall depending on what area the pitch are so I suppose to come in and build a bit of confidence against a big team like the Stormers will be it'll be a good time that you don't have the experience of World Cup winners um, in their you know in their place in their team sheet to to kind of build that confidence again especially going into Leinster because they'll be skin and hair flying now in two weeks I'd say. <laughs> Absolutely looking at Ulster and what lies ahead for them um, they face the Lions they come to Kingspan next Friday night again they'll be missing their internationals looking at Ulster's style of play are you seeing a bit more of an expansive style in the first few rounds this season uh, Johnny they're after saying that 
that's what their goal is. They have the 3G pitch in there as well. And Stockdale was saying after the game that they're encouraged now to play more of this running rugby. Have you seen any change in their style? Yeah, I have. Um, and, um, you know, it's something that obviously that, that surface suits them now. Um, and you have to kind of play quick, fast rugby on that on that surface. So they've, I think they've obviously had a blip in 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 the sports ground, and um, you know where they played well for you know early, and then they just couldn't finish finish it out. Um, it's do or, it's not do or die. It's the wrong phrase, but it's time that Ulster really step up now. They've been the nearly men for for too long, in my opinion. Uh, they've built a good squad. They've really good, you know they've. A, really good coaching uh coaching team up there um it's time for them to deliver and i think you know they need to try and get some medals around their uh, around their neck they've mm-hmm. been there thereabouts in playoffs for a number of years but haven't lifted a trophy so i think this year is a pivotal year for for the group they have a good mixture of 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 kind of older and, and younger guys um, guys that have played, you know, season AIL players, younger guys that are now twenty four that have have taken that step up after playing Irish twenties, um, and along with that kind of expansion, expand, expansion of how they want to play, they're playing a bit more with. They have a really good kicking game, as you saw the other night. But it's time that they they yeah. deliver. I think this season, um, they need to be pushing, getting into the playoff spots and trying to get some medals around their neck. I think it's time that, you know, and without that, you know, they're going to have to look at, at where they had going forward. But it's kind of now and ever, in my opinion, for, and for that Ulster. Right? As Lindsay was saying, it's that consistency that Ulster have lacked in seasons up until now. Yeah, like last year they started, you know, they were probably the team that were going to challenge uh, Leinster until they met Leinster um, and and got a poor poor loss. And then kind of the wheels came off it the cart. It capitulated. It absolutely yeah. capitulated. We didn't know whether it was the attitude, whether it was something in-house that was happening. Um, but they they were just nearly like petulant and refused to perform. Do you know? And they were well capable, like some of the performances they put together last season, but it was just really, really inconsistent. Um, and they just couldn't piece together a good run. And and they are actually, and I used to last year and I apologise, but they were infuriating because you, you want the best for them and mm-hmm. you know their potential. And when you look at the names you know, in their squad, you're like, these lads should be doing a lot better. So I agree with Johnny. I think it's something, but you could kind of say, it, we'll, we'll move on to Connacht. They're kind of the same until their backs are against the wall. So I suppose it's how to build that consistency and mm-hmm. that confidence in this playing group to try and now see the game of rugby has evolved into something that's, I suppose, so marketable. It's so quick, it's expansive, it's skillful, and it's now really honing in on you know, getting players, getting more spectators in to watch it. And it is such an exciting game to watch now with all the, the changes and what they how they want to develop the game. But to now change your style and not have an identity, I think that's going to be the interesting point for me over the next couple of weeks yeah. with Ulster to see what is their style. Now, we, we saw Stuart Moore even over the last two weeks, little chip throughs, crossfield kicks. So if they can build that patience and that decision making of when they, they kind of truck it up and keep it with their forwards. to But they shouldn't they move away from the mall either. That was such a weapon for them. Yeah, so now it's about decision making. Yeah. You know, if they're getting a penalty and they're putting teams under pressure, do the kicks to the corner. Their mall is now a weapon. So you've kind of now this armory. Where, where What options are they going to take in dif- different areas of the pitch? So if they can, ex- you know, have an expansive style where they can keep the ball with forwards or they can get it out to the backs. Stuart McCluskey is a guy who gets you front football all the time. But now you've Billy Burton's he's a playmaker. Cooney, when he's on form, Nathan Jokes, same thing. So how do you 
get all those players gelling together, making the right decisions and making them in the right parts of the pitch to get your scores and kind of, the you know, reap the rewards of the fruits of your labour. Mm. So, like, it'll be interesting for me now to see how they they form that identity now over the next couple of weeks and put the consistency together. Well, before we move on to Connacht, a word on Andrew Conway, Johnny. He had to hang up his boots, unfortunately, at the age of 32 and a really cruel blow after working so hard to get back on the pitch after such a cruel injury and missing all of last season. And he was such a real talent. Yeah, absolutely gutted for for Andrew. Uh, I actually lived with him for two for two years uh, when he first came down. Um, we'd be we'd be really good mates. Um, yeah, just gutted for him. I I, I didn't realise uh, up until I heard, and I was quite shocked. Uh, been I hadn't talked talked to him for about three or four weeks. I was talking to him when he got back. Congrat congratulated him on his hundred and fiftieth and that kind of stuff, and then. Yeah, um, yeah, just really disappointed for him. Um, top class player, um, you know, really, um, you know, the last year that we lived together, he kind of made the first year under Axel. He, he really made that slot his own. He worked so hard on his basics and made parts of his game better than anyone else in the country, be it, you know, high ball receipt, um you know, and 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 his work ethic off the ball, I I I think was it was similar to a rugby league winger. He was popping up everywhere, um, and then off the pitch, um, yeah, he's just a a really good guy, good friend to be around, great fun, um, and yeah, just just really good at firm. Um, he he's uh, he's going to be a loss to to Munster because I know what a big character he is within the dressing room. Uh, and obviously on the pitch, he's he's a massive loss for both Munster and Ireland. But I can't speak highly enough of Conway. He's a, he's a great lad and I'm just genuinely good at mm. firm. He was such a talent in that Munster backline and for Ireland as well. Like his strike rate speaks for itself. 15 tries and 30 appearances in green. 50 tries for Munster, 150 caps, as Johnny said there. And we'll all remember his individual moment of mad, magic against Toulon in 2018. Mm. Yeah, the amount of I suppose ex players and people who took to their social media just yeah. to to give Andrew uh, Conway the congratulations he deserves. But what stood out for me was not only the exceptional player he was, but the amount of people who actually just said he was such such a good guy off the pitch as well. Um, and I hope he felt all the love that he deserved last week to have such a talent retire at thirty two when there was still a lot of playing left in him is is very sad. Um, but I suppose for him to take the opportunity when when he works so hard um, and we got to see the best of him is something that doesn't always happen for mm-hmm. every professional athlete, w- whether it's rugby or whatever sport we're talking about. Yeah. So um, it was lovely to see him just be, geez, one of the most exceptional players to have graced a green jersey or a Munster jersey over the last probably number of years. So congratulations to him and hopefully yeah. the future holds. And as you said, the glowing tributes we've heard from former teammates and coaches and fans speaks volumes of the person um, he is as well. And But for Munster, as Johnny said there, himself and Keith Earls now, to lose that experience in the back line and with Joey Carberry out as well, you know, maybe they're a bit light in that back line, do you think? They are, but I'm hoping those three lads will be around the training area because I think because you're not on a pitch doesn't mean that you can't be helping lads with their extras or going through their video with them. You know, there's always a place for experienced and good men like that to 
to give back um, mm-hmm. and also for them to just I'd say to just have your career cut short and to have to more than Dan, Dan Levy to have that your career cuts short at such a young age mm-hmm. with so much potential still left in you is hard you know so to just all of a sudden be cut I suppose or have that decision so abruptly um, be given to you I hope he stays within Munster you know to offer that personality and that experience back in because I think Munster are in a really good place with some fabulous young players and I'd love to see them build on last season and some of the successes and those three guys will be key to that Um, even though they're not on the pitch they're certainly key to how they will perform on it with the other Well his experience would be invaluable and we wish him all the best Johnny we need to let you go now thanks a million for joining us no problem. Thanks for having us, guys. Talk Mind to you soon. Talk to you soon. We'll move on to Connacht now, Lindsay. Their unbeaten run came to an end. Yes. Tips Ben Healy <laughs> with his last gasp drop goal broke Connacht's hearts. Um, and that's the first time since 2002 that Connacht were on the verge, I suppose, of winning um, <coughs> four games in a row at the start of the season. But it, credit to Edinburgh and they deserve that win. They did. Um where do I start about your native province? Like, I just sometimes want to throttle them. I'm like, do you know what? It always seems to me that their backs have to be against the wall. Yeah. And I love the underdog tag. And look, we as a nation, Ireland know the underdog tags. But I'd love to see Connacht for the amount of work and the exceptional players they have there just to believe in themselves and actually dominate teams from start to finish. So um, I think they'll be kicking themselves now, turning their back on a, on a penalty five metres from their try line, which, which gave Ed- Edinburgh that supremacy and probably that... It was a turning point really in the game. They also gave away two tries from really deep Edinburgh attacking yeah. between Van der Merva having that break. Um, and they had another break in the first half. So there's just moments where there's nearly like lapses in concentration yeah. with them. Um, and I don't think they're doing themselves any justice because they probably could have won that. You know, they just put, they just gave Edinburgh the position to go through the phases. And look, Ben Healy was exceptional in, in being able to take that pressure and, and nail that drop kick with, in the 80th minute to, w- to win yeah. by three. And he just looks like he is so confident. He has settled in really well to his new club by the looks of it. Mm. And it's something that Edinburgh have been lacking, that reliable goal kicker. Absolutely. And like I've been there, you're out half and, and a kicker to to be able to put over three points when you're you're having a lot of work. And as a team, you're putting in a lot of work. You're putting through a lot of phases, but you're just not getting over the, the line to keep tapping over. And we saw it with South Africa in the World Cup, just to be able to take that opportunity because psychologically, you get into the opposition's head. Yeah. You know, they're working so hard defensively, but even to put three points on. And I suppose I was guilty of that as a player, not thinking everything was about tries, but to keep tagging on three points in good positions and coming away from what we'd call the green zone or your, or your scoring area on a pitch to come away with something is essential. And I think Ben Healy is, is key to that now for Edinburgh going forward. People were saying that they should have went to the corner because they had the penalty advantage mm-hmm. and they could have gotten the bonus point. But I suppose when you're guaranteed those points and you can win the game, that was what they what Ben Healy was thinking. Oh, 100%. And like the URC, especially at the minute with uh, World Cup players not being back integrated, but even when they will, t- teams are very competitive right now in the URC. I mean, last year we saw it, there was so many, up, like every week there was kind of this unexpected result and you're like, mm-hmm. oh, this is nice and it's, it's exciting and we have the Benettons putting in now, you know, wins against uh, the Stormers and stuff like that and these unexpected wins that keep it exciting, both for players, teams and ourselves as spectators. So, um teams will just be happy enough to get the points on the board for the win you know um, and it's a pity because to be fair 
Edinburgh had such a good team. Van der Merwe being back, Kinghorn being back. Like they have some exceptional players there. So for Connacht to go away with the strong teams themselves, yeah, and being in with a chance of winning, I think they'd be very, very, very disappointed now. They they really will because this is something Pete Wilson has focused on because they only won three out of their nine away fixtures last year. Mm-hmm. So they really need to improve on their away form if they want to be in with a fighting chance at the end of the season. And as you said, they had that chance. They had come back. Um, what was the score? They came back and it was 22 all with four minutes to go and they were in a winning position or they could have won that ball back off the scrum. Mm. But it shows maybe a lack of game management and panic kind of creeping into the team. Yeah. And I think, you know, even Edinburgh had a yellow card, do you know, so even when you're managing, you know, the opposition being down a player. Um, and I think that's key to decision making what do you do when you have the ball? Um, and that is key to your halfback pair. And, and as a team, and I think sometimes they do lack that. And not every team has that. You know, you've ex- you would we would have had it with Leinster with with Johnny Rossburn then trying to fill those shoes. But you've also sometimes it might be your centre, it might be your fullback, it might be in your pack that you have these leaders that help take pressure off just this one player having all decisions there. But yeah, definitely, I think the key game management um, decisions yeah. are something that Connacht really need to work on yeah, because th- their endeavour and their physicality and their want and you know is there we just need to put it all together yeah and it's probably one of the most frustrating aspects of that performance they will look at all of their little I suppose the battles with Edinburgh throughout the game but it was the lack of composure that cost them that game in the end well yeah even the quick tap um as I said, they they just weren't switched on. Like everyone having their back to a penalty with five meters. It's just not on, do you know? Because you're just, I don't know what's going through. And, you know, I've noticed it even playing myself. You're kind of, well, when you're in, on attack, you're kind of like, oh, look, you know, these are narrow here or we can. But sometimes it's actually just having the the confidence to take the quick tap and do something different. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes as humans and as players, we want to always stay in that comfort zone or we're, um, but I think fair play to Edinburgh for just being quick thinking, yeah. you know. But Connacht, they won't be. It won't be all doom and gloom. They have three wins under their belts. They're on mm-hmm. the road now to South Africa, and they face the Sharks. And maybe it's a dangerous time, really, to be coming up against the Sharks, who haven't won a game yet this season. So they'll be in Durban, and they'll be really gunning to win this game against Connacht. But on paper, Connacht should have the better of them. Yeah, and if memory serves me right, I think Connacht were one of the few Irish provinces to go to South Africa to win last season. So they would be confident to get down there. I mean, it's not all doom and gloom. Like, it's probably a nice, again, reminder that you have to be switched on. Yeah. It's small little margins, small decisions in games that will get you over the line. It would be nice going to South Africa with four wins and having a new record set. However, a nice reminder that, you know, go to South Africa and get two big mm-hmm. wins on the road will put them in a very, very confident position when they come back to play um, Leinster in the first round in December, if I'm not mistaken with that. Yeah, in two weeks' time. And I suppose they'll be looking forward to having their internationals back again, which would be huge for Connacht. Huge. I mean, Bundy was absolutely exceptional. One of the standout players, you know, the World Cup. To have him back, to have Mac Hansen back um, will be huge. Um, and they will just add, I suppose, hopefully a bit of confidence on to an already very, you know, they've some very, very good players at Connacht yeah. who have put some good performances together. They you know, and they need to be confident in that. Go down to South Africa with your chest mm-hmm. out. You know, the, it's a nation that absolutely loves their rugby. Thriving it, thriving it, and don't be the guys who who perform when their backs against the wall. Go down there with confidence and bring the game to 
to the South Africans. You know, that's what I would love to see, because, you know, um, when I say about frustration with your home province is again comes from a good place. We just want every, you know, know. you want the Irish provinces to do well. You are screaming into the pillow <laughs> watching I, them I at know. times. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on to Leinster and um, they jumped from ninth to second in the table after yesterday's win in Rodney Parade and as you mentioned there earlier it shows how tight things are in the league this season. Um, terrible conditions but another straightforward win from Leinster and it, and it shows that they're building week on week now. Yeah, what I love to see was the just the variation of their tries and that's what we saw last year with the success so Scott Penny off them all Dan Sheen off them all but then Dan Sheen with a turnover that puts yeah. um, Charlie Anatai through on a break and then just the, the, the really good decision for um, him to uh, then Tommy O'Brien gets the ball uh, Charlie Anatai I struggle I apologise <laughs> um, picks up the ball so he doesn't wait he plays nine gets it to Ross Byrne yeah. Um, and then it's, you know, over and back. It was nearly like uh, Barcelona with the one twos uh, between um, Sheehan and uh, who played fullback. It'll come to Frawley. me. Frawley. Frawley, that's it. Kieran, Kieran Frawley. Jeez, um, I haven't had enough coffee today. Left. <laughs> but yeah, I just thought the variation of their tries. Dan Sheen, I thought was exceptional. John McCarthy as well. So just it's lovely to see Tommy O'Brien's having a really good start to the season. Yes. I have to say he's he's lightning. Uh, and it's lovely to see Kieran Frawley now back after such a long injury stint. I think that's two tries uh, in two weeks. So, um, yeah, I thought they were very good to go away. And I know the Welsh team, you know, the Welsh regions haven't been really firing now the last two no. seasons. So, but it's those little away wins on the road uh, with young players. And even like we could afford to have Scott Penny come off the bench. Do you know what I mean? So. Yeah, it's lovely to see the young guys coming in, but they're foreign as well, they're performing. And Dan Sheen, you mentioned in there, he was invaluable to them and was instrumental in so many of what Leinster did on Sunday. And he was handed the captain's armband for the first time. And it's amazing with five returning World Cup players and um, blending into the squad, how well Leinster can blend these players seamlessly back into the team. It's it's hugely... it's how do you even say it for young guys to able to adapt and just slot in and not only the players coming back from World Cup slot in but the players who are removed or the players who are playing around them um, I think adaptability is something that is just brandished around but it, it's huge to how it doesn't knock your performance um, if anything it just yeah they knocked seamlessly in and it was good to have two consecutive wins on the road good win last week at home mm -hmm. against Edinburgh so I just think um, I've I was thinking about this during the World Cup. I was like, how would I feel if I was part of the Leinster squad coming back? You're trying to build on some, like, obviously the losses last season, so trophyless. And then you're coming in going, well, right, we're watching the World Cup. We're kind of simmering along. You're going to Navin and playing them. That's no disrespect to the opposition, but you're trying to really make most of the games while you can. They played Trinity, I know, last week. So yeah. they're really thinking outside the box and just getting lads good game standard time. of game time to keep them in. Because you can't train all the time, yeah. do you know, so, so to try to keep firing their bellies and keep them firing and waiting and waiting and biding their time. So fair place them for having the patience. Um, and now we're up and running and it's good to see them kind of unleashed, I suppose. Joe McCarthy was another standout performer for Leinster, man of the match performance from him. And looking at himself and Dan Chi and Jimmy O'Brien, who slotted in as scrum half, you were talking about versatility. Yeah. He went in as scrum half when Cormac Foley went off. And um, it shows that there's no... World Cup hangover with these players they're hitting the ground running No, no I'm delighted for Jimmy I thought he was exceptional when he came on you know um, against the All Blacks he really was stand out his footwork his just what willingness to kind of 
get Arlen on the front foot and the same thing with that I think he's just stood up and he's used that confidence and that experience you mm. know to bring it back to Leinster and it's lovely to see four in their belly because you could either you know carry the disappointment and kind of come you wouldn't you'd forgive them to come back a bit lackluster and disappointed but no quite the opposite um and it's lovely to see him uh, i'm sure at some point during school or underage rugby i'm sure he he played as a nine no more than um <laughs> gary ringrose at one stage when he was with blackrock so it's funny to see but it's it's lovely to see the confidence to just go in and play any position and i think that's going to be key to because the length of the season, again, with players being in and out, whether it's international or just through injury, um, I think it's going to be key to how successful Leinster are. And, you know, with Johnny gone and new players having to step up, it'll be good to see, you know, how they react. But Joe McCarthy and Don Sheen are well beyond their years, you know, by age. Mm-hmm. You know, how they're playing, they're well beyond their years. And uh, Lee Byrne is another player, James Colhan, Ben Murphy, Leo Cullen, name check the academy players. And they're tipping away at this time of the season with these young players coming in, giving them game time. And it's invaluable for them if they need to step in or will step in again throughout the season and when it comes to the big games. Well, last week, I think it was Colhan. I watched his stats, if I'm not mistaken. If it's Hopefully I'm right with him. Um and like he had a try, the amount of meters made, like it's it's not only that they're coming in to perform, like to come in to fill a jersey, they're actually coming in to yeah. perform. And that's the difference with what I'd like to see with young players given the opportunity. Take it. Take it by the scruff of the neck because as an, an experienced player myself or when I was younger and the shoe was on the other foot, your job is to come in and take that jersey, take yeah. the opportunity and stay in it. Because what that does then is just brings the competitive nature and everyone has to up their game if you really want to play. That's only going to breed a successful environment for Leinster. Do you know that level of competition? Um, and it's lovely. And it's something I said it last season and I'll say it again. I am fascinated with... I suppose, training environments that are able to cater for everybody, that you don't have any egos coming through and no one's petulant or if they're getting taken off, if they're rotated, like it's just like everyone is in this brotherhood and fraternity where they're just happy that it is the Leinster jersey with the wins. It doesn't matter who's in it. Um, And we saw it a little bit with Munster as well last year with Graham Rountree giving the younger the younger players who who are starting who are starting now this season. Yeah. um, It's lovely to see them bring on you know, the next stage of Munster rugby or the next stage of Leinster rugby. So, and yeah, it's, it's the Leinster mindset as well. Like they were so clinical, even though they had that game wrapped up. They mm-hmm. they know when to score in the championship minutes before the before halftime, right after the break as well. They take their opp- opportunities and they're able to kick on. Like it wasn't a, a perfect performance. The, the weather had a lot to do with it as well, but they were able to sharpen up on those things that let them down, the handling errors in the first half and sharpen up on them in the second half and really kick on. Well, to score her 33 points, I'll pronounce my TH just for in a really, like, a really crappy day is, is again, testament to the standards that they uphold for themselves. And it's, yeah. it is not easy playing a game of rugby. They could have, you would have forgiven them to just go really short and narrow and carry up the ball. But they weren't afraid to play expansive style rugby. And like, Ross Byrne gave probably a 20 metre pass out to Kieran Frawley to get that in. Back inside to Sheen, who back out to, to Kieran Frawley. And they're just a team who enjoy playing together. And mm-hmm. it's really, it's really energising to even look at that. And I can't even imagine how nice it is to play in that, you know, environment where you're just allowed to express yourself and play. And that's it. One, players can step in and step out. With Jack Nienabar coming in now, he's due to arrive in Leinster this week. How quickly will we see his fingerprints on this team now? I think what I'd like, 
what I'd love to see, I don't think he's going to change too much. I think he's just going to maybe tweak some areas where even on the mental side of things where like we saw them like over the weekend that they were clinical. But no offence, it's a way to the Dragons, which again, yes. we've said the Welsh regions haven't been very successful over the last seasons and, and they have to look at after that side of things. But there are going to be some tough European pool games that are coming up. There are going to be some tough away fixtures to, to Connacht and at home to Munster and they're going to be key, I suppose, building blocks in the trophies that we could potentially win this season. Do you know? So um, I know there's been stories and even looking at Khaleesi, how he spoke of Nina Barr taking him from under 17 and so many of the that squad there to still have the level of respect and thanks from a player. He's obviously an exceptional man as mm-hmm. well as a coach. And I think that was my biggest fear when we lost Stuart Lancaster is this was a guy who worked with Leo Cullen that actually nurtured, but also taught. So there's, again, it's just a fascinating balance to see see the young men that's in front of you, but also set the standards that they have to uphold and keep. Mm-hmm. Um, so to have love and care on one side, but this standard bearing... I suppose template on the other and marry the two. I think he's just going to come in and build on what the lads have have really built up there before Stuart Lan- Lancaster left. Um, I think he's going to put his own little tweak on different things, but I think it's going to be a fresh impetus uh, of energy from a, a guy who's ridiculously experienced. Yeah. And I think they'll be fascinated by him considering the success of the South Africans at the recent World Cup. Yeah, he'll bring all that winning energy into the dressing room. So it'll be really fascinating to see over the next few weeks how how we see him um, come to the fore with the Leinster setup. Now, they welcome the Scarlets to the RDS next weekend. As you mentioned, the Welsh sides are really struggling. All four teams lost in the URC this weekend. Will we see more internationals coming into the side now um, as they look ahead to the Interpros against Connacht and Munster? I think so. I think it's going to be it's a key area this season now that you just need to pick up as many wins before Christmas. There'll be different times. I think he'll still use this game to bring in, maybe get some game time for some internationals. But I think he'll still reward the young players who have been performing over the last number of weeks. And I think they should do that because you need to take time where you can balance giving young players that experience, that game time. And then obviously in the bigger games, not if they deserve it or you feel their time mm-hmm. is there and that's a coaching decision that to integrate them with probably more of the experienced players to, to increase the pressure on them to yeah. perform under that pressure and see how they do. And I think that's going to be key. But I'd say, yeah, I can see the likes of McCarthy uh, getting back in, Dan Sheen as well. They also have to be kept injury free, you know, so it's it's going to be a game management. But I think maybe an, we'll see another mix of experience and, um, and youth this weekend before we go into it probably a key couple of weeks scary prospect for Scarlet's coming to town <laughs> yeah and I, I suppose that's one thing I, I didn't say about Nina Bar. I think the fascinating side of how they managed uh, the 7-1 split and I know obviously that's mainly Razzie as well but I think that side will also fascinate Leinster players and probably fans to see how they he manages and what little mm-hmm. key bits of magic that he'll bring from the South African dressing room as well and his personality he seems like a really good guy so it'll be interesting to see but um, yeah I pray for the Scarlets this weekend <laughs> Looking at other results before we finish up Zebra claimed a first win since April 2022 after nail-biting victory over the Sharks and it's really good to see the start that Zebra has have have put to have made to the season because they've claimed five bonus points in their opening round um, more than any other team and it just shows that they're very close and that won't be 
the only scalp they'll take this season. Benetton are still unbeaten. So it would be really good for the league to see the Italians competitive. I think it'd be good for Italy and the Italian uh, rugby communities to see Italian teams do well as well. Benetton, I thought, were exceptional last season. Some of the rugby they put together was it was an absolute joy to watch and they got some deserving, deserving wins. So um, it'd be lovely to see because Zebra still were the whipping boys last last season. So it's lovely to see them with a good confidence start to this season and considering Italy's poor form in that World Cup, yeah. um, not what we'd like to see. Uh, I think it's going to be a nice reminder that there's such potential in Italy. So I think they deserve some... I suppose, I suppose some joy in their rugby lives considering their poor World Cup. Yeah, well, when you look back at last season, they only managed to get 11 points throughout mm-hmm. the whole season. They're already at nine points this season. So, you know, it's a huge step forward for them and it'll be a difficult place for teams to go. Yeah, but like if you're... The amount of... Look, they probably put together some good snippets of performances, but not full performances last year. But confidence breeds just something different so the fact that they've started so well whereas last year because yeah. they were under the caution always always losing and losing tight games it just I suppose you become defeated and it's very hard then to pick yourself up week in week out um, so I think the confidence that they've started with with you know the teams they played with a lot of strong experienced players still not back for other uh, teams in the World Cup I think it will stand to them and I think mm-hmm. they'll be very confident going into some of the bigger games What about Benetton? Do you see them being competitive this season? We, If we think back to 2019 when they played in the quarterfinals and were beaten by Munster and Thoman Park they didn't really kick on from then No they didn't um, and I think they'll, that'll be the I can see Zebra and Benetton having a good season but I think when it comes down to bigger games I still don't think they're there yet do you know Yeah um, but I think that the likes of Fekatoa going to um, to Benetton this season and stuff like that will only add, you know, to to what they built on if they can get more experienced players. But that's the the issue they face because if you're not teams in European uh, with European competition, then you struggle to attract really big players that you need to help mm-hmm. kind of galvanize a season or really bring you up to the the, the upper echelons of of league standing. So I think that's just going to always be the issue with them until they can really be a team to attract bigger players you know or their underage structures come true but that's very hard to just rely on you know Leinster don't rely on solely their underage structure however it forms a huge nucleus of their success same with Munster now that we can see their their youth coming through so yeah there's a lot of variables for, for different teams and every team struggles whether you're looking at the English Premiership or even Super Rugby it depends those bigger teams that are historically successful will attract the the, the bigger names and that helps their underage structure and and that uh, cycle of success just continues Well we hope for a few more exciting weeks ahead in the URC it's been great chatting to you today Lindsay my thanks to Lindsay and to Johnny Murphy two wins from four for the Irish provinces this weekend but all four provinces are still holding their own on the top half of the table in the URC we'll be back looking back on round five of the URC on House of Rugby next week until then from myself and Lindsay and Johnny Slongafold Sports Show presents House of Rugby.